Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. I'm Matt Welch, being joined by Devin Hassan and Taylor Raglan. Gentlemen, let's play a little uh, school year in review. I guess as we as we get closer and closer to uh, shifting gears into summer mode, where um, I guess over the next few weeks we'll kind of scatter about, you know, some uh, some spring football roundup podcasts and some some uh, school year in review podcasts. So let's um, you know, let's take the time to look at a few markets that have already closed the book on the 2018-19 school year. Uh, Plano rally. And uh, and mesquite. Let's look back on the uh, on the highs, the lows, the the standout moments, the standout athletes. Just basically our encapsulation of what we have been covering within these three markets over the last uh, over the last school year. So Devin, let's uh, it's a lot on, a lot on your plate for this podcast, Devin. So let's uh, <laughs> versus us starting with Plano and then giving the entire floor to you for both Rowlett and mesquite. We'll give you a little bit of a break. So um, yeah, whether it's Rowlett or mesquite, which one do you want to start with as far as kind of recapping the school year that was for one of your core markets? Well, out in Rowlett, uh, Rowlett and Saxe both, uh, once again, put together big all-around seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, Saxe, um, all eight sending-based teams uh, made the playoffs. That's the first time in school history um, that they've done that, which mm-hmm. is surprising with as much success as Saxe oh, yeah. has had. But uh, they always had kind of one weak link. Uh, you know, our uh, all-area uh, coach of the year in boys basketball, Zach Mikesell, uh, mm-hmm. got that boys basketball program turned around. Uh, they made the playoffs for the first time in three years. And then the other teams just kind of did what they do, uh, they, what they've done for the last few years. I mean, they won district championships in volleyball, football, Girls cross country, girls basketball, girls soccer, baseball. And they finished second in six other sports. I mean, they're just right there at the top of the list all the way across. Um, just, you know, phenomenal all-around athletic program. Uh, and, you know, in Rowlett, uh, some people kind of think they'll take a step back. You know, they still have seven playoff teams of the eight standing-based sports. Mm-hmm. Um, their boys' basketball team, which has actually been one of their staples in recent years, kind of had a down year. They finished fifth, so they are just out of the running. Um, but uh, outstanding all-around year for Rowlett. Uh, their boys' soccer team, I think, was probably the highlight of their group uh, winning their first district championship since 2004. But uh, listen to some of these streaks for Rowlett as far as their playoff runs go. Volleyball, 22 years. Football, 14 years. Girls soccer, 17 years. Boys soccer, 17 years. Softball, 15 years. Baseball, 20 years. I mean, that's just a model of consistency out oh, yeah. there. Absolutely. And, and you know, obviously, they're competing as the other Garland ISD schools, so they don't have a lot of, uh, you know, mixing in with some of the others. You know, obviously, Wiley joined them this year. Um, but, you know, those things are cyclical. You look at the other Garland, Garland ISD programs, and they have some good stretches, and they have some bad stretches. Or Rowlett has just been a model of consistency in terms of, uh, of performance and, and the ability to make the playoffs. So, another outstanding year for Rowlett. As well, um, 
Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it sounds like just, just between Saxe and Rowlett, just it's like death taxes and those two schools lording over Garland ISD. It, it has been up recent years, and, and you know, that's just, uh, you know, we get into all sorts of different factors, but they're mm. the two newest schools, if you, if you yeah. will, if you'll say that. Uh, so they've had the most population growth out there. There's That's where the new, you know, if you're looking to move to Garland ISD, you want to live in Rowlett or Saxe a lot of times just because that's where the growth is, that's where the newer developments is. Mm. And But, you know, the, the, the coaching staffs out there very staple too. You look at some of the, the coaches at Saxe, Red Barons and football coach, uh, Ricky Jones at volleyball, mm-hmm. uh, Donna McCullough at girls basketball, Chris Burrow and baseball. These are all coaches that have been there since it opened in, in 1992. They are, I'm sorry, 2002. They yeah. didn't become a varsity program in 2004. And even at Rowlett, you know, Paul Carmen, the baseball coach, has been there since it opened. Clark and Murtray, the boys soccer coach, has been there since it opened. This is back in 1996. So we're going back almost 25 years. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you have that kind of stability when you your program, you can kind of, you know, you have your system in place for those feeder schools. And people mm-hmm. always talk about the football feeder schools. Well, the feeder schools go back in all sports. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't matter what it is. So when you have that kind of stability in the coaching ranks, it leads a lot to success later on. Oh, yeah. So when you, I mean, when you think back to, I mean, with as consistent as these two programs were this past school year, um, I mean, is there any one team or one moment or one game or one athlete that just kind of is going to kind of stick with you when you think back to the 2018-19 school year for Rowlett and Saxe? You know, and this is a game that I believe you were at, present for, the girls' basketball, Saxe girls' basketball. It might have been. I was not there for that okay, one. It okay. might have been you. It was. It was Taylor. Um, but uh, anyway, you know, this is a team that has won fifty-five district games in a row. Yeah. Um, they made the state tournament a year ago, um, and a narrow loss to Converse Judson um, in the state semifinals, and they returned their entire starting five. And I mean, really had that look of a team that could win a state championship. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And um, you know, they go back and forth with Allen in that regional quarterfinal game and Allen you know was led for the most part Saxe kept making run after run after run they finally kind of got over that hump grabbed a one point lead and I believe it was a, a put back on a rebound mm-hmm. with the shortest player on the floor by Allen's 5 foot 1 backup point guard his time expires and obviously Allen goes on you know to make the state tournament and whatnot. but you know I think that that kind of what could have been moments you know I thought that Saxe team was really poised you know Garland ISD has never won a state championship in basketball and only recently with the South Carolina boys and the Saxe girls that they even made the state tournament mm-hmm. uh, you know Naaman Forrest had a couple swims a few years ago in Lakeview had a yep. swim a while back but uh, you know it's always been you know near misses for them and I really felt this Saxe team had the potential uh, to, to win it all and I, I, I still believe that they're one of the top teams in the state oh, yeah. but you know sometimes oh, yeah. you know sometimes that little one little bounce to the shortest yep. girl on the floor and she sinks the shot comes through under it, pressure it's just how the brackets were aligned because if you were just to power rank those teams just from best to worst or whatnot. I mean, even though Saxe went down in the third round, that's still a team that very well, if they had won that game, had all reason to believe that that could be the team that got back to state. Yeah, it was just one that. of those matchups for sure. Yeah. And I definitely like your point about you know continuity with Saxe and Rowlett as far as the coaching staffs because you know Lake Dallas we're not going to talk about today, but you look mm-hmm. at programs like that where it seems like. Every year in some of those sports, they're looking for different coaches. You know, volleyball will have had four in four years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to establish yeah. momentum and go and go and go when there's no moment. There's no continuity. There's no momentum or anything. So some of those coaching careers out there are impressive and crazy for sure to, to be at one place that long and have that much success. Let's see. Let's talk. Uh, let's try to make heads and tails out of Plano and the year <laughs> that was in, in Plano ISD athletics. Um, as far as um, just 
pure district championships. Now, if we we're going to talk, if you all right, so if you were to look at Plano ISD through the lens of strictly how they performed in the eight standings-based sports, your volleyballs, your footballs, basketball, soccer, baseball, softball, um, you know, you started off on almost the highest of highs with mm-hmm. the Plano West volleyball team catching fire in the playoffs, going all the way to the state tournament, <coughs> and then um, and then that same postseason you had Plano Senior going to the third round. So volleyball, you know, it they aced it. Plano ISD, great year on the volleyball court. Elsewhere, it was a little in the, bumpy. At least in those, again, in those, uh, you know, in those standings-based sports, left a little bit to be desired on the whole. You know, beyond the, uh, you know, beyond the Plano Senior Girls Basketball Team going three rounds deep. Um, you know, you had teams in Plano West. The boys' basketball team won a first-round matchup, and so mm-hmm. did the girls' soccer team. Um, softball West and Plano each won first-round matchups. So you had nobody else get to the regional tournament beyond Plano Girls Basketball and um, and Plano Volleyball and Plano West Volleyball. Mm-hmm. But then you turn and then you look at the uh, those solo sports, you know, right. the, uh, you know the the cross countries, the tracks, the tennises, golf, and whatnot. And I mean, Plano Plano ISD lit it up mm-hmm. almost in every single one of those sports. Because as far as just pure district champions went in 2018-19, um, there was only one across those uh, again the standings based sports, and that was Plano West softball, mm-hmm. which we just you know just finished going uh, you know undefeated in that uh, in that district run. And then you had Plano East boys track, you know, Plano West tennis, Plano. West girls golf, Plano West boys golf, yeah, um, Plano West boys cross country. So again, a lot of those solo sports is where PISD did the bulk of its damage in 2018-19. That's where all of their state champions came from mm-hmm. as well. Be it um, Ashlyn Hilliard yep. winning uh, winning state cross country for Plano Senior last fall, and then um, just recently, uh, I guess last week or whatnot, uh, Cade Morcat and Emma Jenner yep. winning a winning a state championship and mixed doubles for Plano West. And then you think back to wrestling season, mm-hmm. and two state champions emerged from Plano. West as well with Ashley Leakus and uh, Tegan Jamison. Hope yep. I'm saying that first name right. I believe you are, and that's that's yeah. a program that you know I really have my eye on in the coming years. Plano West Wrestling. Yeah. Not saying they're going to challenge Allen. Mm-hmm. I mean, Allen is Allen. It, it is what it is. But as far as kind of that that tier of programs, maybe they mm-hmm. may jump up and kind of you know be somewhat near that competitive level because obviously as you said a couple medals um, this season and a lot of people at the state tournament really good performance as a team both you know especially on the boys side so you know there's there's a culture brewing there mm-hmm. you know it, they're not going to be Allen yeah. you know nobody in the state of Texas for the last decade plus has been Allen um, as far as wrestling. Not many teams in America are Allen <laughs> yeah. when it comes to wrestling. That, that doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, Allen is is a, a, the outlier of all outliers. But Plano yeah. West wrestling is is certainly mm-hmm. you know going somewhere and, and trending upward. Um, so let's talk about Plano West volleyball because this was the this was the program that above all else in Plano ISD mounted the most impressive season in terms yep. of just the end game result. Um, you know, going to the state semifinals when you consider how the start of the year began with just the uh, the abrupt coaching situation, yep. not with Justin Waters taking over for Brittany Bridge um, and a team that had a lot of promise coming into the year mm-hmm. went through its ups and downs in that district as you'd expect. That was a really good district. Um, but again, Taylor, you covered this team start to mm-hmm. finish. Just what was your read on this team? as they were making their run to state? I mean, it was it was one long up, one long down, and then one more really, really long up, you know, because in non-district play, it seemed like they were beating everybody. They were, you know, predicted to make the state tournament, mm-hmm. have a shot at winning the state championship. Justin Waters, I think, was a really good fit. The talent there, off the charts, uh, really good program. And then they, they hit a skid. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it were, you know, be it the egos, maybe, the, the overinflation of, of the cranium, maybe, a little bit. I don't know for sure. Uh, Justin Waters talked a lot about how practices got a little sloppier. Um, you know, they were kind of 
rolling out there and just kind of expecting to win volleyball matches. Um, and, and Prosper obviously took that district by storm, uh, had a really, really good year, and ended up meeting Plano West in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And I think a couple of matches against Prosper were really definitive of, of the turnaround, the eventual run. Uh, the first time in district play, they got just swamped by Prosper at their place. And then they got beat again you know, near the end of district play, and I, I believe that was the game Prosper actually ended up clinching the district championship. Mm-hmm. But that was a five-set thriller, really, really great match, a um, couple of really powerhouse teams, and they ended up meeting in the postseason again, Plano West got the best of Prosper, and that really kind of signaled that, you know, this team had gotten back on track as far as, you know, doing what they had to do in addition to their talent to win some matches, and obviously it, it resulted in a run all the way to the state um, semifinals. Uh, they ran into the, a buzzsaw there, but, you know, just an incredible year. Like I said, I think Justin Waters is a good fit. Um, they thought so, too. Obviously, they, they you know, slashed the interim tag off. He'll be the head coach for the foreseeable future. I don't see them really going anywhere. They bring back a ton of talent, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of their pieces, pretty much all of them. So, you know, I, I expect more um, from them in the future. But, yeah, definitely the, the best you know, run as far as the standings-based sports uh, this season. And, and I think the beginning of the year and the end of the year are more indicative of what that program is and can be than the slump they went through. I think it was just a product of, you know, kind of a young team in places, not being able to really handle the hype and the expectations and, and falling flat a little bit. But obviously they figured it out, and, yeah, it was a, a fun run to cover for sure. Very akin to uh, to Saxe when Saxe made the state tournament, you know, last uh, last year and whatnot with this Plano West volleyball mm-hmm. team returning its core of Jill Presley, Amon and Jai, and should be on that short list of mm-hmm. teams that should be uh, on the uh, in contention for a spot in Garland next uh, next fall. Let's see. Um, so yeah, as far as some of the solo sports and what Plano ISD accomplished, um, one of the uh, and this was very recent, you know, covering track and whatnot, but the resurgence of the Plano East track program mm-hmm. and what they were able to accomplish, you know, especially on the on the boys side, winning their first district championship in quite some time. It was a it was a team that was very much kind of on the on the come up over the years, making steady gains. Um, you know, I think it was you know right when you know head coach Jerry Gardner got to Plano East that um, you know I think you said his first year they finished last in the district meet and then. You know, three years later, here they are. You know, hoisting a district championship and doing so with a very, uh, a very veteran, uh, senior-laden yeah. core of uh, a lot of the, a lot of those same guys were, you know, were stars on the football field. But you look at um, you know, the way it culminated for them with Tyler Owens, mm-hmm. you know, advancing to state. You know, Tyler Owens solidifying his place as, you know, perhaps the fastest athlete to ever pass through Plano East by, you know, placing second in the 100. And I mean, you wonder just any other year what it looks like for Tyler Owens in state if he's not going yeah. up against the yeah. generational <laughs> sprinter, um, you know, of a. Uh, Matthew Bowling, a Houston Strake Jesuit, but um, just a terrific season for Tyler Owens from for the Plano East track program in general. And um, you know the girls' team finished second in district, and they've got and they were able to get a relay out to state. It's a really young team, and they're definitely one to keep an eye on going down the road. Um, but then you think of a sport like swimming. You know, Plano mm-hmm. East boys swimming. You know, they won their first district title in a long time under first-year head coach Allison Sweeney. Plano West tennis keeping its just torrid consistency afloat as one of the premier programs in the state. Um, they did they did get tripped up in the postseason a little bit earlier than usual, advancing only to the regional semifinals. I mean, this is a team that had been to state for, that had quite a nice little run of state tournament appearances that got snapped by uh, by eventual state uh, state champion Round Rock Westwood, you know, but they were really successful in the spring, as I mentioned, with Caden Mortgat and Emma Jenner winning state and, uh, in mixed doubles. You had Plano Senior, you know, that got a team to uh, to the state tennis tournament in um, in Edward Steen and Herman Aguirre, and a team that kind of surprised is, uh, you know, they probably weren't on that radar to begin the postseason. You know, they didn't win the district 
district cha- the, dist- uh, the uh, district tournament, I should say, and um, and they didn't win the regional tournament. They finished second in district and had to qualify for state via playback, you know, at um, at regionals. But then they go ahead and they advance all the way to the state semifinals once they get there. So a team, it's always nice to see those teams that kind of come out of the woodwork, you know, just that weren't necessarily on the radar to begin the postseason, but really end up, mm-hmm. you know, doing some damage. And those two are really really young too. So it's all the reason to believe that they might be back, you know, next spring as well. Um, and then um, you know, in swimming, you had a guy like Alex Sanchez who you know placed top five in both uh, you know in two events at the state swim meet. Um, Ashlyn Hilliard, who I already mentioned, mm-hmm. one state cross country. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Just so it was, it really was those solo sports where Plano ISD made a lot Girls of headway. golf. Girls Plano golf, West, yes. too. That team, um, <coughs> you know, just to be brief about them, they they're for real. Mm-hmm. You know, they they had three really influential uh, move-ins: district champion Michelle um, Zhang, uh, Melina Barrientos, and Ashley Liu. All three are coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of that program is coming back. I believe they return the four top players when you add uh, Ellie Roth, um, silver medal at state this year. Only going to get better. Only going to you know become more familiar with that course. Um, I would not be surprised in the slightest if we're sitting here talking about a team state champion or an individual state mm-hmm. champion or both. You know, coming this time next year for them. So. Really great season. The boys won district, petered out a little bit, a little bit younger, lost the Cootie Twins. You know, some of the best athletes as far as golf, to have, the best athletes to ever go through West on the boys' side. Um, but that girls' team is is legit. They're going to be back, certainly. And then you just look at some stuff that happened kind of off the uh, off the field within Plano ISD, like the Plano Super Bowl. This was, I mean, <laughs> this past Super Bowl between the New England Patriots and the, uh, the L.A. Rams was, I mean, Plano ISD couldn't have asked for much more than having one guy on the Patriots, one guy on the uh, on the Rams, you had Rex Burkhead running back for the Pats against Joseph Noteboom, who was a backup offensive tackle for the Rams. Um, the city was really—I mean, the, the city was really, really excited just to see those two having success. I mean, obviously, we've talked about Rex Burkhead in years past on this podcast, and just his—the legacy that he left behind as one of the most prolific football players to ever come from Plano ISD. And then a guy like Joseph Noteboom to you know be able to have a rookie year like that that ends you know on a stage like that, and you know it was a—I uh, mean, hey, you know. I don't know how you guys felt about that game. Not necessarily maybe the most aesthetically pleasing for some, yeah, but nevertheless. Um, put it. <laughs> for most, let's put it that way. But it was cool to see, you know, Rex have, like Rex had one of these signature runs in that game in the fourth quarter that helped mm-hmm. the Patriots ice that, uh, the eventual 13-3 victory. And for the first time in Plano's history, they have a, a Super Bowl champion. And then um, and then there was, you know, the uh, the Plano West football coaching saga. Mm-hmm. And um, and just that program's, their, their build back to, uh, you know, back to relevance you know it's fair to say that in, right the, in the basest form of the word relevance mm-hmm. we're not even talking like relevance for a district title we're talking like maybe win some district games for the first time in in two and a half years a district game yeah and yeah, it's it's um it, that search took longer than i thought it I think did. is the oh, most yeah. notable thing it wasn't until it was in november i believe uh, around then when scott smith uh, was reassigned um and February nineteenth, I want to say if I'm getting the date right, was when they officially announced Tyler Suka from uh, from Hebron. So, really long surge. I don't blame Joe Brents and the PISD Athletics. To, I, don't, I don't blame them because you know this is a very critical hire. It feels like in in the scope of, of Plano West football, the program's in a really really bad place in a, in a lot of different ways as far as turnout. Um, obviously, record being the biggest thing, 0 for 26 <laughs> going into next Two year. Two and a half years without a win. So, a huge hire. Um, you know, he's saying all the right things right now, and, and he's had a spring under his belt now to kind of start, you know, engineering the kind of culture and program he wants. But but we'll see. It was a 
You're right. Saga, I think, is the right word for, <laughs> for whatever all of that was, certainly. So, yes, very much a, a year of ups and downs and whatnot mm-hmm. for Plano ISD. Um, but, yes, they uh, they really did a number on those uh, on those solo sports in 2018-19. Um, Devin, we can round this out with a look at Mesquite. But first off, let's take a quick break, give us all a chance to catch our breaths, and we'll pick that up and talk a little Mesquite ISD in just a moment. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And we are back. We have talked Plano. We have talked Rowlett as part of our school year in review podcast series. So, Devin, let's close this out with your other key market, uh, Mesquite. What do you make of Mesquite ISD this year? Well, if you just look at championships, it doesn't look like the greatest of year for Mesquite ISD. Obviously, there's five. Championships are tough to win, Devin. It's okay. I'm talking about district championships. I'm not even talking about state championships. (laughs) Um, uh, You look at, there's five uh, schools Mm -hmm. in Mesquite ISD, and they combined to win four district championships this year. Uh, Horn Girls Basketball, Petite Girls Basketball, West Mesquite Boys Soccer, and uh, uh, Mesquite Boys Track and Field. Um, you know, it's it's they're, they're tough different districts. You oh, yeah. know that uh, in the six A, you're looking at uh, the, rock the rock walls and the long views. The long views. Tyler Lee's got good programs in a lot of in a lot of areas. Yeah. And then when you dip down into to thirteen five A, well seven five A division one football. You know, John Tyler was yeah. was uh, kind of put these nemesis there. And then you, if you look at the normal thirteen five A, you have you know Forney is so good in so many sports, uh, particularly on the diamond. Mm-hmm. And then you have Lancaster, who is so good at some of those sports, track and basketball. Basketball, certainly boys basketball. So you know it wasn't. So when you look at it, it in that perspective, four district championships between five schools, you think, oh my gosh, you talk about underperforming. But they really didn't. Yeah. You know, Poteet qualified for the playoffs in all eight standing base sports. Um, they just had the one district title, but they still were up there near competing oh, yeah. and whatnot throughout. Horn qualified in six sports. Uh, you know, Mesquite has some nice runs. You know, if, if you look at storylines that kind of jumped out, I think Mesquite returning to the football playoffs oh, yeah. uh, under Jeff Leaner mm-hmm. and his you know they go from one and nine and uh, you know a year ago, and he gets that program headed in the right direction, and they're able to uh, navigate a very good district that features the reigning state champion in, in Longview, uh, Rockwall, who is a force time you know year in year out. Horn, who's you know on a, on a run of twelve consecutive playoff trips, so you know, and, and North Mesquite's been competitive. Tyler Lee's been competitive. Rockwell, he's been competitive. So for them to get back to that level, I mm-hmm. thought was a big story. Um, sticking with football, Horn, yeah, that's with the Owen seven, the weirdest year I think of any team that we've covered, man. Uh, yeah, and, and yeah. not only do they go zero seven and then bounce back and win their last three games to make the playoffs, they go three rounds deep. <laughs> um, you know, they, they knock off Temple in the first round. Uh, they took care of Wiley in the second round, and it was just a, a phenomenal. And it was you know. Mike Overton um, retired after the season Mm -hmm. as the all-time winningest coach in Mesquite ISD history. And it was just, you know, he was one win behind coming into the season behind Gary Childress, who was a long-time football coach at North Mesquite. And it was just, you know, I had the story written back in August. (laughs) Okay, this is when when it's going to happen. And then it just didn't happen for two months. (laughs) And, you know, even Coach O would say, he's like, he said, you know, I, I knew about it. I knew what the what the rankings were, but he said, "Yeah." After a while, I started to think this is never going to happen. <laughs> and he said, "I knew I was going to retire at the end of the year." And I said, "I'm going to retire without you know." And um, but it did finally happen. You know, obviously, a lot of the Owens stuff was starting to do to schedule. They played a murderer's row mm-hmm. um, in non-district, and then their their district schedule was was loaded toward the front with your long beach and your rock balls and whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, they got it going late. They, they won those last three. He finally eclipsed that mark. Um, and so I, I thought it was a nice send off to not just make the playoffs and. Ex- 
extend that playoff streak oh, uh, that yeah. he started back when he was at West Mesquite. Mm-hmm. Um, but also to go three rounds deep because not a lot of teams did. Horn football and Mesquite boys soccer were the only teams from Mesquite ISD that went three rounds deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it was it was that was a nice story. Um, I thought West Mesquite's boys soccer, who I alluded to a second ago, that was the first outright district championship that they'd ever won. Uh, they shared it on an occasion before. Uh, but Jeremiah Villarreal, uh, their coach out there, has done an outstanding uh, job with that with that group. And there's a lot of juniors. They're going to be. I thought they could make a run this year mm-hmm. um, in terms. They got knocked off in the second round, but um, I think that's a team to kind of keep an eye on next year. So. Um, you know, across the board, you know, you can't just look at district titles. You got to look at overall success, and uh, a lot every each each and every one of these schools had their high moments over the course of the year. Yeah, context definitely matters in a situation yeah. like this. How about as far as just the some of the more solo sports? I know Mesquite and you know Mesquite Horn had pretty solid track campaigns. Uh, you know, uh, I think the. Um, you know, Mesquite's uh, ISD is not real big. You'll have people come through swimming every every now and again. You'll have golf and tennis. There was every one, yeah, there was one kid with horn who was always doing like in swimming. He was always a name to watch at regionals. I remember in years past. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, they've had uh, you know, Poteet had a kid in Clint Hallam a few years ago that that was yeah. actually actually uh, got a scholarship to LSU and uh-huh. set several school records at LSU. Um, but again, they they just don't have. That those big programs, track and field is kind of where, as far as the individual sports, where where Mesquite ISD makes its name. Mm-hmm. And um, this year was no different. Uh, by win, uh, the senior out at uh, Poteet won the um, state championship in the shot put, yep. um, and that this was her third trip to state. And so, um, you know, that was a, a big achievement for for her. Um, you know, Kayla Boger from Mesquite, their outstanding sprinter, who's going to Houston, won a bronze. Um, in the 200 meters and um so you know it was it was they had some highlight you know highlights there in terms of that they did really well the district area regional uh events as well like, like i mentioned mesquite went in the boys track and field they also wanted the area meets mm-hmm. uh Poteet across the board uh fared very well at the, at the district area meets um you know so so as far as that that goes you know they always mesquite always produces very good track athletes and I mean, you know, you go back to, to a couple of years ago with Horn, the girls, and the, the relays that was ranked number one in the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and there's a lot of young. I mean, they had a lot of young freshmen and sophomores that qualified for area and region. Couldn't quite make it to state this year, but they're going to be on the radar for next year and certainly state contenders. Okay. Is there anything else with uh, with Mesquite that you wanted to throw out there? Or uh, just about know, do it. Well, you know, I, I just uh, I guess one last note on football is, you know. Th- we always talk about coaching changes. We, we talked about Plano West earlier. Uh, you know, for the first time in, in a few years, we got two new coaches in, in Mesquite. Uh, you know, Cody Groves, and that, I, I guess I should mention, you know, at the top, Steve Bragg, the athletics director. <laughs> That's pretty uh, significant, is, is, too. Yeah. Is retiring, uh, did just yeah. a tremendous job um, in, in not just hiring coaches, but in, in, in how he promotes Mesquite ISD. And y'all have been to, to games in Mesquite ISD. And you've talked to, to media and other coaches around the state. They all love coming to Mesquite because just they're, they're, they're second to none when it term when it comes you know just down to every little detail mm-hmm. is taken care of and um Steve Bragg is a big reason for that, uh, you know, that they had that reputation, mm-hmm. and he's done a tremendous job um, hiring coaches, and you've seen the growth in it, all five campuses in those programs over the years. But uh, yeah, he announced his retirement. Cody Groves, uh, the Poteet head coach, head football coach, is going to take over, mm-hmm. and um, he kind of hit the ground running with all the. the I talked to him uh, in April when they were hosting all the district and area track and field meets, which is enough to drive an athletic director out of the job. I think <laughs> it's just all the little headaches there, but. Um, 
Anyway, that opened the job at uh, Boutique that Ron McLean, uh, their defensive coordinator, took over um, as the new head coach out there. And it was interesting. I was talking to him about his spring game because that's basically the same path that Cody Groves took. He was a defensive coordinator at Boutique. Then Randy Jackson left to play on East for yep. that year, and Cody Groves took over. Well, four years later, kind of St. Pat, Cody Groves leaves. They hired a defensive coordinator from within. Um, and I think I, I brought him McLean. I think he's, he's an outstanding coach. Yeah. And I think he's going to do a tremendous job. And Horn went a similar route. When, when I mentioned Coach Overton uh, retiring, uh, Chris Hudler, who was their defensive coordinator, uh, got promoted. Chris Hudler has deep mesquite ties. He was on the mesquite uh, 2001 state championship team. Okay. Um, so he's he's deep rooted within the community, and he really wanted he he'd, he got some looks at other at other head coaching positions, but uh, he wanted to stay local. He's mesquite, you know, like, like I say, he's entrenched in mesquite ISD, and uh, he's going to take over that Horn program. Um, and I, I think both are. Both will do a tremendous job, but you know you always wonder about the transition. Um, you know, North Mesquite went through this last year with Tim Cedar taking over um, after Mike Robinson left for DeSoto. And again, we talked about Mesquite. Jeff Fleener was just two years into the gig, so you know you got a lot of young new coaches in Mesquite ISD that um, are trying to get these programs either turned around or to keep in, in Horn and Potis case keep them going. So really inter- interesting to see, see how that plays out in the fall. With uh, with Coach Groves getting promoted to AD and just given the clout that a position like that carries. When um when you got word that I guess whether it was you know Bragg retiring or Groves getting promoted, what was your your initial reaction to just when you heard the news that it was Coach Groves that was getting that uh, getting that promotion? Uh, you know it didn't it didn't necessarily surprise me. Okay. Um, I, I mean you know Cody's a guy that is, he's been sharp. I mean even yeah. you know when I talked to him when he first got uh, hired as defensive coordinator and you know he played over Permian, he's got football roots and he just he know he's one of those guys you know there's certain coaches that just jump out at you by the way they talk. Oh yeah. And, and you know he just his attention and detail and, so, and whatnot um, within that boutique program I mean it just it seemed like a perfect fit that he could translate very easily to the athletics department and you know as far as their uh, I guess decision making goes the administration Mesquite ISD has always hired former football I mean Coach Bragg coached at North Mesquite mm-hmm. before him Mickey Delamar was the head coach at Mesquite I mean you go on and on back I mean every athletic director has been a former Mesquite ISD football coach so you know they don't stray far in looking but they, they want someone who knows the school district who knows, knows wants somebody who knows the community and uh, I think you know Cody Grove certainly fits that bill awesome and that will do it for this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast a look back on the school year that was for a few of our markets and um, yeah that'll wrap it up for this this episode um, we're gonna we'll be taking monday off like the rest of y'all for uh, for memorial day so everybody enjoy your long weekend we'll be back next week to i guess uh, we'll start talking a little bit of spring football div- uh, you know dive into a, a few of our a few of our districts and just kind of give you a, a you know preliminary look as far as where things are at heading into the summer and yeah so we'll see you next thursday otherwise folks you enjoy the rest of your week and we will talk to y'all later looking to hire top talent in your community look no further than starlocaljobs.com Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all. StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? 
Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.